Start your engines, brothers! Cover them with breadcrumbs and fry till they go black, you GM throttles on wet tracks. He's on his way to the clubs. Welcome to Radio. 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 Hot lap. The light-hearted look at the world of motor racing, cool emerging technologies, gadgets and barbecues. But I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, fortunately, I was the only doing 250, so I wasn't really going quick. Is it that ended in miles or kilometers? That's just kilometers. Okay. That's why I'm saying I'm not going really quick. Uh, hello, $87,000 for a Mac Pro. That you overcooked the um, lamb chops? No, because of the temperature of the weather, of course. Oh, ah, so you can't control your operations. Stop it with the poor lifting. No, I understand poor lifting. JP, sorry, did, did you just do a yeah, no? Thompson Smiles, Circus Hairpin, the Snakes Devils Bed, Long Loop, Peak Bend, Range Hairpin. My God, you should try it on the simulator, viewers. You're overthinking it. I mean, at Radio Hot Lab, we don't think. Ailey Malayli and Lester von Schnutzenberger, ya. Yeah. Don't overdo it or overscape it. Basically, a cooking show with a little bit of motor racing. Welcome, viewers, to uh, another episode of Radio Hot Lap. I'm joined by John. How are you, John? Didn't I just say that you meant to give me, like, 10 seconds of preamble? <laughs> okay. Like, or is this is – it, are you preambling the introduction? <laughs> this is the question. Uh-huh. I see what's going on now behind my back. There's a bit of a – like a coup, I think, viewers. A coup! To, to, a coup to change the, you know, the, the movement from preamble to episode. So Because, I mean, how many episodes have preambles? So what, 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 do, you, what, what do you want in a preamble? Well, you're not meant to talk to me, you know, like <laughs> in show mode. It's just like, you know, what the fuck you been up to sort of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. all, right, all right, okay, ready to go. Blah blah blah. Daniel Andrews. Oh, I can okay, I can come with preambles. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a nothing. It's a show. It's the Seinfeld pre pre show. Oh. Uh, yeah, right. Well, I've got right. Friday. No, it's Friday Arvo in Coffsaba. The weekend before Le Mans. Yes, the week. Stop it. We haven't started the show yet. Don't <laughs> entice the viewers. Don't entice them. They okay. can't help themselves. Okay. You, 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 they know we have things to tell them, but just leave them alone. They'll just have to endure a little bit of music or something. Or like <laughs> well, some gastronomic delights to tantalise their, their mouth. Oh, well, we're yes. going to have plenty of them. Well, well, viewers, and good afternoon, viewers. Uh, welcome to Radio Hot Lab, episode 299 underscore three. We used to use a point three, but because the uh, filing system is yeah. 
soft. Ed likes an underscore more than a dot. And it's a better delimitator. So um, uh, this is what it is, but we are not doing it as a video stream, nor were you going to see the video component of what we recorded the other couple of episodes. But this one is a solely and genuinely honest audio communication from my iPhone to Neville's possible, possible and via the uh, <laughs> Leicester network. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coup. The dogs are staging the coup, oh, not me. The dogs are the in fact, for those of listeners who are maybe reviewing uh, Radio Hot Lab after many years or just becoming, you know, fresh helloers. Um, key uh, audience here tonight, or rather predominantly backup assistants and often centres of the show is uh, Lester von Schnutzenberger, aged three, a short head, a, a full-size long dash down. Uh, featured today in natural colours, a very shiny um, golden tan with some black flecks and dark stripes under the eyes. We must be going out tonight. Now, over here to the left, looking for something in a basket. Yes, it's a wine basket and there's no wine, but there's a ball, is Hayley Mullaney. Hayley Mullaney, one-year-old little girl, or one little bit. It happens to be the daughter of Lester von Schnutzenberger. Really? Who would have thought? So here we are. A diminished motor racing podcast because sausage dogs have seemed to become, well, you know, in conjunction with cooking, which gives me a bit of an idea about sausages and cooking. You're making me hungry. You're making me hungry, dude. I wouldn't like to cook them. I wouldn't like to cook them. They're good value around the house for cleaning up the scraps. Scraps. Run you scraps in there. There's no money left after the coronavirus. There's got no money. Oh, no. I don't mind a good sausage. It's hot. I'll tell you. My house guest is old Mother Hubbard. <laughs> I look, I know when, I like, don't mind a good sausage. Don't you? Uh, I'll tell you, a good sausage is has been unloved. Some fresh onions, which I think I pretty much told you recently, some fresh onions and a little bit of good oil in a pan, fry them up with a little bit of onion gravy that may be pre-made or a little bit of paper stuff. But it's still good. And some mash and a couple of chops on the barbecue and something green. Uh, like a, a piece of broccolini or even cold, uh, a slice up a long cucumber, something yes. like that. Bang! Hello! What, about a, what about a bit of zucchini or is that just a poor cousin no, of a cucumber? No, absolutely perfectly okay. Zucchini's wonderful. And in right. fact, zucchinis are one of the most excellent, um, excellent vegetables to use, viewers. Um, if you're roasting, because they have a lot of water content. But um, Neville, I will tell you that I have a little recipe in that area that I came up with, where I would get a zucchini, which would be relatively symmetrical, not too huge. Listen to that. 
I know like, what's going on. <laughs> it's like I'm in the I'm in the Congo. <laughs> That's just birds. just birds going off now. So I would get a a symmetrical, medium-sized zucchini and then slice it right down the middle and then canoe it and then use a a teaspoon and gently cut the pith out of it and bring it into a separate container and then fry that up with a little bit of garlic and onion and perhaps a little bit of bacon. Yeah. And then put that back in with a little bit of parmesan on top and put it in the oven so with a bit of extra Evo, 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 Evo. put it on top. Perfect. So do, you, do you bake it or grill it? Well, you bake it or you can, you, no, you would bake it. You would bake it. Would you put foil over the top or just bake it naked? No, you bake it naked. But you would put foil over the top towards the end to use the latent heat to continue the cooking process. Yeah, nice. So you sort of had it a little bit slightly, how would you say? (laughs) A slightly um, al dente. Nice. Not that that's the appropriate word for a, a vegetable product, but anyway, I'm I'm trying to give you a, a, a level of firmness, you know. That's all. Yeah, like just a tiny bit of crunch factor on the bottom of, like you don't want the bottom of the of the uh, zucchini canoe to be like completely collapsed. So it's got to be able to hold the stuff in. But you, if you scrape the pith out, it works so good. It's all nice. It's all nice. But I'll I'll get back to my sausage. You like it with you like it with onion and mash and gravy. I like that too. But I love I'm I, I like the old sausage in bread. Give me a bit of sauce, a bit of cheese, a bit of fresh bread. Overcooked the sausage to all crap, and it's just beautiful. And there's no right or wrong way. Correct. And that's it. It's that's the diversity of a product like the sausage, um, in the, you know the, it's it's such a generic term in that it's effectively just a casing with whatever is going to be inserted inside, and in, in every different nationality you'll find, you know everything like chicken to seafood to, you know, vegetarian whatever. Yep. So it, it, it's, it's down to the packaging, I think, and then how you're going to cook it on what sort of heat, you know, because you, you run like really like a hot door sort of beach party on the flame sort of heat scenario where it's all a bit, you're going to have to be very careful yet that you, you, you're going to have to do a, a good skin on the stuff because it's going to be exposed to irregular flames yeah and you're not contr- and someone else is you know, fuck up and half of them will be burnt but that's half the fun of it <laughs> i guess but i i'm, I'm there's, there's all this chicken and pine nut stuff and fucking a bit of feta cheese on the side you can get fucked <laughs> so don't overcomplicate a sausage is that what you're telling me you better edit that out Actually, we don't edit. Don't edit that. Anyone? I won't edit any of it out. Tell you, listen, viewers. I tell you, 
as a small child, this is where this comes from, and it's important, you know. It's a federal issue with me. It's, you see, my dad, my dad, he he was a European, and, and I was born in New Zealand. Don't hold that against me. But nonetheless, I used to have to sit there in the evening, and dad would have a plate of feta with his dinner. I was like, God, it stinks so bad. Anyway, like, and, and it was held in a little plastic bag, and blah, blah, blah. Mum kept it for a week and two weeks, or how many weeks until all been eaten. They were frugal parents, let's say. But I decided that I don't like the smell of it at all, and I never want to go near it at all. So you're not a feta fan? After, no, I'm not. Well, after after leaving home, is that your last exam, Jonathan? My father said from <laughs> high school. Yes, Dad. He says, Get out, <laughs> and, which I prompt, and which I promptly did. But years later, I was somewhere and someone said, I was a business lunch, maybe 10, 15 years later. Something. And, uh, and, someone said, and I said, geez, that's really good. And they said, I said, what's that with that salad? They said, oh, it's feta. I said, no way, it's not feta. I said, it's not feta, feta, that is terrible, it stinks, it's terrible. I went off my head, like, no, it's not, not tight. Enough. Can't believe that they fit But anyway, and I just went, and they went, well, what's the problem? I said, well, you see, my father had it every night, and it stank to high heaven. And they looked at me, like, there was about five of these people, and they were like slightly Middle Eastern, but they certainly knew feta, put it that way. They looked together and looked at me collectively and go, oh, because your father eats bad feta. <laughs> I went, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I went, Dad ate bad feta. Uh, growing up. Viewers, I tell you, that's the story. This is why I'm so screwed up. And this is why I'm involved in motor racing. I'm here to help you. I'm here uh, to help you. <laughs> so you've never had feta on a pizza? No, I'm not on a big scale. No, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's happening. You can get fed on pizza now. It's, it's not too bad. No. I, hang on a second. Dog, shut. shut. Um, yeah, no. Anyway, you know, you know the better story. Yeah. Let's get on to some motorsport. Right on, mate. You lead. Oh, I can. Oh, I, 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 oh, mate, you should just go to so I go, I, well, I'm looking forward to uh, the supercars this weekend, the bend. There's a, few, there's a few events happening this weekend, which I'm looking forward to. There's the supercars at the bend, or tail and bend, if you want to know where that is, that are now out of Adelaide. And um, it's, uh, they're going to do two different track configurations over two weekends, which is pretty exciting. It's the first time they've ever done that. So I'm looking forward have to they that. Been, uh, have they actually done... Defined which of the layouts they are, yeah. so that the drivers now are there can do the track walks. Yeah, they're going to do the international circuit, I think, and they're going to do the west circuit. That's my two, the two layouts. So they're going to do, I think it's the international circuit, uh, the one they ran last the last two years. They're going to do that one the first weekend this weekend, and then next weekend they're going to do. The, uh, the West Circuit, which is really just the international circuit shortened. It is different. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a great concept. They, they can hold about, 
my understanding is they got on four or five different layouts at that track. That is right. Now I'm going to uh, give you uh, two responses to that. Uh, um, uh, report yeah. on that strategy there. Now one will become from someone who you may not, you may be familiar with. The other one will come from me. And, um, uh, the first one comes from, um, Perry White. Now Perry White, um, also, uh, if, if you uh, drill back down into the annals of a sitcom, um, uh, employed Clark Kent as a new, as a reporter in conjunction with Lewis Lane and uh, Perry Lewis White Lane. would absolutely would absolutely not tolerate any of this sort of communication that you provide. I want results, Clark. And, and Clark would go, oh, being meagre and like, like that. From my perspective, no, I thought you told it right. <laughs> <laughs> but Perry White would be, oh, you know, like, you know. Down his desk. There's an editor in. Well, you remember, get out there and get you remember it, Barry White? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, next editor. Uh, Lewis Lane. And who was the little sidekick for Lewis Lane? No, there was there was um the, the photographer. What was his name? There was a little kid. There was a kid. Uh, uh, Jimmy or jo Jimmy Joey Olsen. Jolly. Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen. Photographer. Oh, come on. Uh, Good work. Lewis Lane, it's Lois. L Lois. Lois Lane, Lewis Lane. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. Oh. Yeah, right. Anyway. So, anyway, yeah, continue on with your so this, deep, deep, well, this, deep, this, deep, 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 deep crunching of whatever. Well, if you're into Aussie motorsport, there's the supercars, right? But then there's uh, Le Mans, 24 hours ah. this weekend, right? Right. It actually came at me really quick, this event. The lead-up to me was nothing, well, funny enough in 2020. Yeah, but nothing that's is because, the same. Yeah, that's because, like, the is diff. You know, like, you know, we'd be running this, like, um, like immediate, immediate tests, you know, for pre, non-pre-qualified drivers in early March. Sorry, early June. Yeah. And with a two-week two gap before you went, went green on them on the event. And so, like 16, 17, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Like, right, absolutely smack bang in the middle of June. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah, of course. So, everything's all a bit sort of, I think people's eyeballs are just off the product as well. They're just, uh, you know, well, can't go. That's how it works. Uh, right? I mean, the build up isn't there, so the hype isn't there. I mean, I, if you were there, I, maybe. I don't. I don't think that's a completely fair comment. I think they couldn't have done any more. And you think about the people who are actually building the build-up. Mm. Like they're in an environment where they're worried also about their own personal safety and their ability to produce content and do things like they probably would have done in you know a really you know open you know, and like banging the drums French fashion because uh, it's such an uh, iconic event for the country. Um, and their ability to not be able to move the way that they would want to and, and see things. And just, I guess, everybody feeling really down. 
Absolutely. People's work quality is probably not as good as it was. It's a bit that everybody feels deflated. That's it. Well, yeah, I I know that they're all limited what they can do. The fact that they're putting on Le Mans 24 hours is just, I think, uh, a pretty big mountain to climb to start with for this year. Yeah, I, I don't know what I haven't looked at the crowd sizes and stuff like that. If there's allowed any at all, I guess there'd be no what's, camping. What's the rules in France? I don't know, man. I haven't looked into it, but I heard today that um, there's four thousand visitors to Bathurst for the thousand, and no camping allowed. Yeah, I know. There's people up in arms about that. I mean, I've, have you ever camped on top of the mountain? Oh, man, I... Oh, hang on, I've got dogs on this, look, something in the grass. Um, I, yeah, I, I probably would have at some point. <laughs> I can't recall. You can't remember camp, if you camped on the mountain. I've done it twice. No, I probably didn't, but I would, have, I would have gone up there and sat with people in the middle of the night when I was doing the basses, you know, 24 hours and stuff like that. I remember going up there. I would have sat, got up there and you know, had a beer with some bloke who was sitting there on the couch looking out at McPhillamy exit, you know. Well, stuff like that. I remember sure. camping up there and you'd arrive on either the Wednesday, Thursday, and you'd get your spot because you want to get a proper spot, right? So you'd get your spot. And we used to camp over near the fence which is directly in line with the Castrol Tower, was the Castrol Tower then at uh, Skyline. And we just loved it. It was fantastic. You just get into the, you know, you'd be, it's like you're living the lifestyle, getting into the swing of it. Um, and, and we just used to go up with my mates, uh, yeah, the panel van. And we used to use that. I'd set up a tent and that was it. Campfire, a tent, some food. We were away. We loved it. And then, you spend, and then you spent, and then and then all the all the hoopla, all you know, all the all the craziness. We would be away from them, but you could walk over them and check it all out, you know. And then you could, you know, run around dodging flaming toilet rolls or whatever was going on over there, and then go, oh, "I've had enough of this," and go back to your campsite. I mean, there's no way you'd camp. I mean, the people would camp where all the craziness was happening. I'd go, what what is going on? And the stories you would hear, oh, man, like one year going, oh, yeah, someone was camping and, and some hoon was driving, doing donuts in his car and he ran over someone in their tent while I was asleep. Like, that, that, I don't know if that actually happened, but you hear rumours like that all the time up there. You do. But you do. it was fun. And the days when uh, Gricey and the Chickadee Commodore won the event and Oh yeah, with um, uh, uh, Graham. Yeah, Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, and and the other year that I was there is when um, oh, he was in the Walkinshaw Jaguar and his seat broke. It was oh, that's uh, John Goss. That's John Goss. Goss had his second win there or something like that. Like, yeah, and he had to have the cable ties. We had a whole bunch of cable ties. Is that there, right? I didn't season. know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I remember it. Like they were really. Really, really heavy duty cables. I was, I was there, like, um, but I, I wasn't down that part, so I could sort of only see it on screen. But there were super wide cable ties, about three of them. And I guess that the, the seat mount broke, broke behind, you know, to the roll cage or set up or something like that. So they put that in and it locked it down. So he 
Well, all I know is when I was on top of the mountain, some people would have a, a little generator or a Jenny going, right? Because to have a TV set, there's no big screens in those days. So you'd have it, someone would have a television and they'd have a generator set up. So when you're on top of the mountain, you could watch the race and obviously watch them go past, which is just the perfect scenario, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, if you didn't have a television like I, I didn't, Right, you'd find a spot near someone behind someone who had one, so you could just watch mm. the television or whatever. And huge camaraderie, absolutely right. And there was just how how did you get news of what was going on in the race? Right, so obviously there was three Jaguars racing. John Goss was like the third car. The other two had overheated, wheels had fallen off, ice, something. I don't know what happened. So anyway, when, it was, was the last one going. Probably. He was, I think he was driving for Walkinshaw at that stage. Oh, um, yeah, you're right. We'll probably Tom as well. Man. Yeah, absolutely. He was trying to win one himself. I don't think he ever did. Anyway. Um, they the silk cut cars? Or the, yeah, the, the, the green, green ones, and white The cars. green and white one. The Which proper Jaguar what? ones. Yeah, Jaguar Rover, dark got him, racing got him, Yeah, he got them um, in. And so yeah, anyway... Okay. We, the word had filtered up the top, like, oh, his seat mounts are broken. He struggled with a busted seat. That's all we knew. We didn't know what they did, right? We were just happy to the fact that we weren't happy it was a Jaguar that was going to win Bathurst, but we are happy that it was an Aussie driving it. So that was good enough. So it wasn't too yeah. bad. But then Grice <laughs> winning in the Chickadee car. That was great. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting memories. Yeah, well, look at heaps of them, photos, all that crap. Now, now look, before I let you go, because I do have to let you go, because I'll have to get on to doing something else. Not that I don't like you, but um, solar, solar energy. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, what's so that? I just want I just want to let the viewers know, not so much yourself, but like viewers, like I um, I put solar on to the property here. Um, it's 840 square metres. It's flat. That is excellent architectural design and um, highly exposed to well, um, yeah, sunlight. So Solar Heart put the stuff in. There are a whole bunch of people want to quote on the stuff. But I thought I'll go with a name that's sort of a little bit more trusted. And, and, and they've, done, they've done a really good job. They put 20 panels in the roof. It's it's a 6K system, 300 panels. It's 300 watts per panel. So it's 6K out. But where it all... And the inverter looks good. And I can see that, you know, during the day, I'm pulling 4.5 4 kilowatt hours. So if you want to do your washing or your, you know, whatever cooking you want to do and use all your high energy appliances, obviously during the day, you're not going to pay anything. But the, but the, the thing is... is but I'm not connected to the grid. And I thought, I thought, well, when I'm buying solar, I'm not getting connected to the grid. And this is where the whole thing stops short. They go, well, oh, no, it's got nothing to do with us. Right, number one, flag up. Opaque behaviour. Uh, what, we don't know, don't want to know, don't want to help? Anyway, drilling down on that. So what do you have to do? You know, these solar people, they put solar in to give you solar. They're not here to integrate you with 
the you know, um, the, the grid network. Yeah, okay. AVL origin or red. So what do you have to do? Well, and and then they are not going to help you. Um, so you have to ring up and ring up and get those three companies will provide a, a free uh, um, uh, smart meter or an updated smart meter, which will allow them to be able to be, have more granular monitoring of the what you're distributing in and distributing out. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to the situation where you have to negotiate a price for what you're going to pay me back. So it varied from 10.2 cents from red, which I said, well, like, no, my minimum price is 22. And so there's nothing we can do. I said, well, I'm going to leave you because I'm not on contract. Uh, and so origin came in at 12 and then, um, AGL came in at 27. What? So 27. Yeah. That's so, so how does that work? So every, every what? Well, kilowatt or well, what, or you put in yeah, 27, yeah, 27 cents cent per kilowatt hour delivered out. But here's, here's where I'm thinking because, you know, I'm talking to people and, and I'll always talk to the same operations three times on, on the same subject with different people to just to verify because They'll go, oh, yeah, oh, that's our first monthly offer, which drops down to six cents. Holy shit. You know, or, you know, all this stuff they don't tell you that neither, none of us are prepared to read on 12-page documents. Well, it's not so, unless you know how to ask. Just, just, viewers, let, let, let me tell you, we're the consumer. We, we've got you back here. We're here to help. We're going to get to the bottom of this. I mean, we could be killed, you know, <laughs> in, in the service. Shut up. You're already dead down here in Melbourne, so just stop laughing, you know. Like, I don't know what's going on down there. Just, just, just like, can you just, can, what, can you just go away? Stop taking up the bandwidth, the television, all this Victorian. Oh, which is solar, right? Why don't you just sail off and join Tasmania? Oh, like, 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 Perth could sail off to, to India. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather sail Chopper off to India than Tasmania. <laughs> Chopperina's like bloody. Anyway, that's it. Right tell up, tell me about the solar. With the solar, dude. Why don't yep, you get a? How much do you have to pay when you buy power off the grid? What are you paying per kilowatt hour? Do you know? Oh, there's this. Okay, so from red energy, there are three steps. So you have a a, a dollar a a, a a value associated mm-hmm. with per kilowatt per that time frame. For example, a peak ser- a peak the high point mm-hmm. five pm to eight pm. Mm-hmm. Then you go sort of a little bit. Off peak up till there, 11 o'clock, and then you get off peak from about four through to eight. Well, I don't, I don't I, I'm not quite sure, but you get my point is that, yeah, in the middle of the night, it's the cheapest, yeah, it's a very neutral like usage environment. So you're just getting peaks and spikes, and just, it's just normal behavior in life. You can draw a graph, yeah, hey. Go and pick the kids up from school, go to work, go and have some lunch, go and pick the kids up from school, fuel the car, go to the supermarket, peaks and drops, cook dinner, sit down, turn the TV on, peak, 
right? And you look at it and you'll go, that corresponds pretty much to how yeah. I work. So do you know what the peak yeah. cost is? Oh, oh, man, I haven't drilled that down at, that, at that point so at the what? moment. Nor have I been rushing to get on board with any of these folks. Have you thought of just getting a battery so you use all the power, you don't have to use any? Well, they are, oh, yes, that, 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 that's the next step. The next step is to completely go off grid and actually put a battery in. Yeah, and only use the grid when you need it, when your battery's down. Well, you wouldn't. Yes, you'd probably have unless, to grid. Unless you're going to store that much power. Unless you get that much. Because, okay, we talk about cost harbour. You probably get a bit more sun than we do in Melbourne, right? Um, oh, no, the battery would be charged well. But, dude, they're fucking $15,000. Yeah, they're not cheap. No, and it's not appropriate right now. Right, not right in the current climate because I can't determine what's move, what's what's fixed and what's moving. And also, what is the, the solar? The solar, the solar stuff will be fine because the solar stuff will. Let's just say, let's just say, <laughs> the old infrastructure fucking like off the grid fell yeah. over completely. Just say that, right? Mm -hmm. So suddenly, I've got power. Mm. I mean, just random. Uh, I'm not going outside of being a weirdo about it, but if if off-grid went south across the nation, yeah. just to say, for whatever reason, um, <laughs> you'll have to learn to cook during the day. Yeah, okay. You know, it, it wouldn't fucking be a bad, bad thing. Well, cooking during the day... It would not be a bad thing if the whole fucking grid fell over and gave the whole industry a big fucking wake-up call. Uh, yeah. Well, you were talking about banking. We're talking about politics. We're talking about the power. We're talking about the roads. What are we talking about? We're uh, talking about this is the end of Radio Hotline episode. <laughs> 299 underscore three. Jeez. We went into much more political things that we normally should have done, but um, nonetheless. But you know, we're an open. It's an open program here. Bit of tech. It looks like you got you got uh, the handle. Yeah, on man, Blue you Host. ask the questions. It looks like you got a handle on Bluehost. If we get into a bit of tech, beg your pardon. You got a handle on Bluehost. Yeah, now Bluehost sorted out. Yeah, it's just you know, this is what happens with like Adobe and these host supplies that they. Upgrade over the many years of twenty years I've been with them, and they change their infrastructure, and then they're, they're file naming, and, and they don't. They've got dummies that don't like have an understanding about how to write a simple communication about how to update it, or rather, just why don't you update it? You change it, don't wreck my server. I tell you, I'm not happy with it. That's right. Well, there's a bit of that, right? They should allow you to go, well, some of them are doing it. Facebook's kind of done that now. They've got their new setup, but they're allowing you to use the old, the old setup that you had. And so you can, you can work your way to the new setup a lot easier instead of them forcing you. Wouldn't you rather that? Yeah, look, the problem here is that like, Apple, Adobe, and so many other of the user interface design entities mm -hmm. 
that they they just change for the sake of it. Like, let's just rewind a little here from a historical perspective, and it's important to note this. Since I've been there since sort of early days, that it was very consistent through the 90s, and then it started to become more varied, a user interface design. That is, what does the user with a mouse and a keyboard, how do they interact with the screen to get the desired information? And, and when you get applications that you use regularly, like Photoshop from, you know, photographic professionals or um, uh, Final Cut Pro or Adobe Premiere for video editors or even, you know, high-end sound like Logic um, and stuff like that, when they do upgrades, they unfortunately tend to want to relay the interface out. But what they're not thinking is like that they should be leaving whatever that is currently in place. Like if, if I'm using, let's say, two point, version 2.9 and there's an impending release of 3.0 coming out, that smells to me like it's a bit of a major change. 2.9... I'm happy with it. Really, it's about it's as tuned as I can possibly get for the 2.x specification. Three, yeah, okay, interested, but don't work, wreck my workflow. If I had yeah. a second deck, all right, load all that shit in there and do it over there, but I'm not going to do it. But don't force me down a fresh workflow without giving me the ability to have access to legacy content and the legacy application. Totally get which it. Which is what Apple does not do. I know. That's so annoying. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So make your transition a lot easier instead of having to force you to re-educate yourself with the user interface, allow you to explore it and understand it and get used to it. And then you can implement that interface into you'll you start, you'll start using it all the time, but don't force you to do it instantly. Is that what you're telling me? Well, well, I think so. I mean, just look, if Apple, Apple has a product, you know, a marketing product called time machine, which where they use software, to be able to um, have a, a, a third part, a, a, an external hard drive connected to your computer. And, or maybe it also, also synchronizes with iCloud, I'm not sure. But it backs up pretty much everything on your computer to another drive. Yeah. Now, if you had the same sort of concept of that backup to what I was talking about before, where, you know, you just, you know, in terms of an operating system usability, yeah. you go, but hang on, here's this task I was just doing here and here's this task, exact same task I'm doing here. Like when they build, like when you go from a 2.9X, 2.9, like pretty much, it's, it, 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 you're pretty much moving on to the new realm. Mm-hmm. Like don't pick up the new realm. Just wait for the point update because there's always going to be one like there was all sorts yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. released this week. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, the, the workflow changes and it annoys people because the marketing team is not in, interested in supporting the current user base because the user interface, the, the current user base is 
incumbent. It's, it is going to pay the bill ongoing. You know, you don't need to market to these people anymore. Yep. They are in the workflow. But they're pissed off because you keep fucking changing them. Yep. That's, that's the problem. Well, the, well I, grew up with this, I grew up with the mentality, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, but all right. So let's, let's, re, let's work on that. Well, well you, you, you probably have about, for, as a software engineer, it depends how you're moving up through the echelons of Apple. You're probably going to survive five years and then you want to go out. That doesn't mean everybody. But there's a lot of people at Apple, let me tell you. There's a lot of people moving around. You, know? you reckon there's many? And, that, they just went down. Okay. I've an extraordinary amount of experience in this area. But let's just say that... Uh, and it, it would be a quite a highly transient environment, I would really? imagine. That. Yes, I would imagine that. Well, well, talking about Apple, they lost lost thirteen percent in their value. That's a big drop. Well, the markets are volatile, and I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's only just, just it's 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 money on paper. You know, yeah. it's not actually realization of, of what I mean. How, how much money do you need anyway? You only need enough money to not worry about money and and just like have a stabilized environment. Well, it only so goes up you, if people are buying it, and only goes down if people are selling it. So what everybody's saying, shit, it's made lots of money. I might sell some of my shares. That's why it's gone down. Yeah, look, what, what I'm what I'm saying is like you know. I for for one, and I'll put my hand up. I'm not I'm not into this and stuff. But how many how many people want to buy like large ships and you know expensive sports cars and this sort of stuff? And hey, I might be into the motor racing scene, but you know I don't buy that sort of stuff. I just I'm involved with it for different reasons. Yep. And um, I'm a non I guess I'm a relatively non materialistic person, except when it comes to the kitchen. And that's when I will covet a sharp knife. Not because I want to kill you, but <laughs> really? because I like my sharp knives to be sharp. Yeah. And you're not allowed. And I like to cook. Uh, so, yeah, look, it's a, it's strange, man. Like, hey, I asked you this question, I think, but maybe I didn't. Uh-huh. What's the best boast? What's the best? And a glass of red wine. Is that right? Yeah, like Jabba the Hutt. Mate, I had a, no, had a glass. No, not Jabba the Hutt. For viewers, you know, look, I'm on. It's quarter past four. It sounds like Jar Jar Binks when you go. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what is the best boat in the world? Oh, are you talking ship or speedboat? Well, what is the best marine vehicle that you would choose? I was going speedboat. Uh, what's it, Sabre? Oh, pretty cool looking. Well, I don't have a lot of experience in water craft. Um, if it was a ship, I wouldn't... I'm going to revise the question. What's... I'll clarify. What's the best boat in the world? 
Oh, I don't know enough of them. I don't know. Ones with glitter? I don't know. <laughs> Do you ever notice, just as a sidebar, you ever notice that yachts don't have glitter on them, but speedboats do. What's that all about? Is that because Bogans buy speedboats and they don't sail yachts? <laughs> I have no clue about the, like, uh, the decoration of yachts, although they generally appear to be quite amenable. But I will give you the answer to the question. Which the is? best boat in the world is I somebody else's. <laughs> I like that answer. And I want to be mucking around with boats. So you're not in a boat mucking around, but you don't mind a good sail? Is that what you're telling me? No, no, not at all. I, 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 I'm a, no, I, I'm not. I'm not super keen about going out to sea and all that, you know, blah, 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 stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to fucking, I don't, I just, it's like expensive cars and things like that. Best Ferrari, someone else's, well, thing. I'm under <laughs> the radar. I don't want to know. Where do you drive Ford Laser? Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I am just the complete re- Look, at Radio Hotman, and we always have been, and JP, he's, he's a meager, a meager, slim, a slim, like, character of a man. Slim of a man? A, 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 no, he's a, a, a tea sandwich of a man, oh actually. Oh, my God. A tea sandwich. Okay. Oh, he's a tea sandwich of a man. Yes. Angelina Jolly. Yes, she... Suggested it would be appropriate to call him that after hearing his, uh, his communicate. I said, it's a bit harsh. And she said, no, um, he's definitely tea sandwich. But I would suggest uh, you should roast his bottle on a hot pan. Is he right? I bet you do that. She goes, I've got things to do, darling. And off she went. Hang on, did she suggest he should roast his bottom on a hot pan? Yes. That's what she's, terrible. what? She's out there. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think? Day of the Jackal. <laughs> ah. Oh, golly gosh. That's all I can say. Well, there are dogs... Uh, roaming in the court. Now, viewers, as we shut down tonight on another one of our little soirees, soirees, air fryers. Uh-huh. How about air, that? Yeah. What's this about air fryers? No, man, I just had calls about air fryers. I just, I can't go into it, but I've been, I've got to go. People want to talk to me about it. All of a sudden, there's air fryer stuff. Listen, I'll, I'll let you go, but you get your people to talk to my people, and then um, we'll get on with 299.4. All right. If you could just um, filter that, you know, turn off the dirty water, and put, 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 
pull pull the the pull the pull the really grey green stems off the side of the of the, of the Brussels sprouts and, and then spoil them in a little bit of water with the stump chopped off the mum with a bit of gravy in it. No, 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 a bit of butter with it. Sauteed in butter. Sauteed! Another radio hot lab is in the can. <laughs>